Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to the minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Believe in OK State podcast. I am Megan Robinson, joined as always by Eve Vitoba and Justin Southwell. Guys, how was your bye week? What's going on, fam? What's going on? It felt good to not uh, worry about my emotions, right, on a Saturday. All I had to do was just, you know, watch a nice little slate of college football. And uh, I wasn't emotionally invested in any of the teams that were playing. So, you know, that felt good, right? So here we are. I prepared myself to be um, all in on an emotional roller coaster that may take place again this weekend. And we're back. Same thing, sort of, kind of. I mean, watching a little bit of the college football, um, I was kind of expecting maybe a little bit of a closer game from Nebraska because it was like Michigan's first road test and all this stuff. Oh, but boy. man, they handed it to them. So. <laughs> Uh, it was kind of interesting to be able to see what uh, good football looked like. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I digress a little bit. Um, no, it's fun. Um, everything was pretty relaxed. And then I saw that um, South Alabama was losing to James Madison. And everything was downhill after that, right? So, was, <laughs> dang, man. This dang. Is, Still found a way to just get yourself. Found a way. Rest, huh? I just, my brother's. And my sister-in-law and my brother's girlfriend are all JMU Dukes. So the Robinson family was very happy. JMU rolling. But yeah, not not great for us. I had high hopes. I thought Southern Alabama was a better team after they beat us. And I was like, hey, I'm like, no, no, sorry. I tried, guys, and I'm not going to pretend. But uh, I guess no Duke dogs. Yeah, Yeah, it it turns out we're just that bad. At least we were whenever we played them. So. I think there's still much to be seen as we come out of the bye week. Yeah. I mean, if my team can't win, then at least my family team can win. I I don't know. I don't know. I didn't go to JMU. But I was in California for the bye week, and I had a wedding. But it was so weird to be walking by, like, bars at 9, 30, 10 o'clock in the morning, and they're open because (laughs) college football Saturday. And I know that it's – time to change and games kick off at noon, which means they kick off at 9 a.m. But when you're actually experiencing it and then the Saturday night prime game at 738 is starting at 435, I'm like, oh, they got it made. They got it made out there on the West Coast. You get to wake up, watch college football, go to sleep, watching college football. It's just college football nonstop when, when, uh, when you're on the West Coast. So it's probably like the biggest perk about living out there. Otherwise, yeah. I'm a, I love the Midwest. Yeah, I'm not a big West Coast. I mean, I had fun in California. It was a really good weekend. But that's like the only upside is that you can be done watching football by bedtime instead of staying up till 12 or 1 to finish a close game. So, yeah, small perks 
of the West Coast. Hey, we better get used to it with all these West Coast teams that are coming into the conference here pretty soon. More 930 kicks coming our way. Well, guys, Big 12 home opener on Friday as we host K-State for our blackout game. First Friday night home game since 1956. Both teams coming off a bye week. Everyone's rested. I don't want to talk about it, but we have to talk about it. Last year, we lost 48 to nothing to Kansas State, and that sort of started our downward spiral. We've only won four games since that loss. How are you feeling heading in to this Friday night football? Well, have we won four? I think we've only won three, which is <laughs> even worse. At least that's my accounting of it. I don't maybe maybe I'm missing something, but I thought I. My my researcher, aka myself, might have steered me wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm the researcher. That's what I, I said. That's what I saw. So Bixby might have four wins since then. OSU. Bixby might have more. He has more than four wins, I think. But, uh, <laughs> if he kept picking against us. So I was thinking I would say like I would say it was I think the only win after that, and then we've only won two games so far this year. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. You're right. My mistake. We've only won three since then. Thank you, Justin, for picking up my mistake. You made edits, but you couldn't edit that. Uh, Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even think about that until just now. Well, still three wins since that loss to K-State definitely started our downward spiral. Deuce Vaughn sort of shredded us last year. Thank God he's not there anymore, but they have another guy uh, that has stepped right up. DJ Giddens, but we'll get into him later. How are you guys feeling yeah. about this game Friday night? I mean, for me, uh, this is already one of the losses that I had on the schedule. When we were kind of looking ahead, right in, in the um, in the off season, we were looking ahead at the schedule, seeing what, predicting what the record might be. And as high as I was with a a vision of this team winning ten games, Kansas State was still in the loss column and that hasn't changed. (laughs) Like, I mean, I fully expect them to, uh, to come into Stillwater in a tough environment. Uh, As we know, it is tough to uh, play on the road in conference, but um, I just think that they're, they're, they're that much better than us. Unfortunately, it's going to take a miracle. Tough to play on the road, but it's also really just tough to play Kansas State. Like Kansas State is one of those bring your lunch pail to work type of teams. You know what I mean? And yo, let me tell you, they got this guy named Cooper Beebe, who I've talked to some folks around the league who believe that he could he's possibly going to be a first round pick at the uh, offensive tackle position. And uh, I think that our D line has his work cut out for them. So I mean, Megan, you kind of made a, a reference to the running back that is picking up right where uh, Vaughn left off, but. That O-line, that O-line has been moving some folks. I know that, you know, they lost the game to Mizzou, I believe. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, they're, they're looking good. Kansas State is looking good. And I was feeling pretty good in the last episode whenever we talked about us being able to go into a bye week, reflect on the season a little bit, possibly make some adjustments as we're coming out of the bye week. But I didn't realize that Kansas State had a bye week too, okay? I didn't realize that they were going to have an extra week of planning for us. So, uh, I don't feel as good as I did <laughs> the last time that we recorded, but yeah, I mean, we're just we're, we're gonna have to see how this thing goes because yeah, they're they're loaded. That uh, that loss to Mizzou was the same weekend that we were playing South Alabama, and I remember watching at the tailgate and thinking, "Ooh, like 
Kansas State's pretty good. Like we're gonna have we're gonna have a time with them. And at the time, I was looking at um, Daniel Green, who is uh, a linebacker for them, but he's he's out for the rest of the year because he got hurt in that game. Okay. Man, he was he was getting through Mizzou's offensive line, and we already know about Oklahoma State's O line problems. And I was just just scared for whoever was going to be playing quarterback because at the time we're still going with the three quarterback rotation and uh, that guy was just ripping through. So fortunately for us, I guess uh, we don't have to worry about him. Unfortunately for him, he's out for the year, but um, yeah. that Mizzou game was kind of a weird, a weird game. Cause um, if they didn't give up a couple of really big plays, similar to what we did against Iowa state, Mizzou probably would not have won that game. And that was at Mizzou. And um, this potentially has – if they weren't able to solve those issues in the bye week, Bowman and our receivers could potentially come out and similarly expose their secondary. But I think again, so, yeah. Again, it's going to come down to if our offensive line is going to be able to protect. Um, I haven't really seen anything up to this point that would suggest that we can. So my confidence is pretty low, but – opportunities will arise. I mean, that's why you play the game and weird things can happen on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that Mizzou game too. Mizzou had a 61 yard walk off field goal. Like that is not common at all in college football. Um, But I remember watching that game too and being like, Oh my gosh, like maybe K state isn't who we thought they were. Maybe we'll be able to beat them and whatever. And now I'm like, but I think yeah. we all saw each other right when that happened. We did. We did. You just walked up to the tailgate, Meg, and you were like, 61-yard walk-off field goal. And Eve, you're like, what? I've been talking to people. <laughs> and then we went and pulled up the highlights on the phone and saw it. So but- here's my one thing trying to be positive about Oklahoma State. K- K-State's wins are against Southeast Missouri, yep. Troy, and UCF. And they gave up 31 points to UCF. They won that matchup 44-31. So I'm like, who have they really played to prove that they're battle tested? That is the one thing I will say as a check mark in the positives for Oklahoma State. However, however, K-State has the second best scoring offense in the Big 12, which also ranks 14th nationally with 39 and a half points per game average. They have scored 30 points in three straight regular season conference games dating back to last season. That does not include the Big 12 championship. So they can put up points. We cannot. We have not scored over, I think it was 30 since homecoming last year, since Texas. I think that's what it was. That's my biggest concern in this game is, okay, who have they played? However, their offense is 14th nationally and second in the Big 12 in points per game. Like that's that's a scary thought. Yeah, and uh, we've scored... 27 points in three of our four games. 27 was the lowest point total that they've had all year against Missouri in that loss. All the other games are up in the forties. And I know we kind of touched on a last podcast of like the, the new clock rules and everything. You're not seeing teams score as much. Here's a perfect example of how we should be calling that out. Kansas state who lost Deuce Vaughn is still putting up in the forties. So uh, granted, like you said, Meg, who who have they really played? But at the same time, I mean, you can't really hold that against them because they're yeah. going out and they're going out and winning games. So um, you gotta, uh, as far as I'm concerned, just give that respect because we, on the other hand, have not been able to do that. Who have we played 
plus we still haven't been able to put up those points. So respect to uh, to Kansas State in that aspect. Yeah, I think that's a testament to their head coach, right? Uh, Chris Kleiman. Kleiman? Kleiman? Kleiman. Kleiman, yeah. yeah. Chris Kleiman and, and the work that he's been able to do, right? You're getting a turnover on the roster or, you know, players are leaving, but you're still able to have some type of consistency there. I think that speaks a lot. And, you know, as I mentioned, like they have some some tackles that should be going to the NFL. Like one surefire, you know, at, at worst is going to be a second round pick. Another guy who's going to get a chance in the NFL. And they have a tight end named Ben who's also looking to be, a, you know, an NFL guy, a big body. So I think um, not just our D-line and our linebackers, but even our secondary is going to have his work cut out for it. So, yeah, I mean, we're truly going to be tested. And if we if Nardo doesn't have the proper plan in place for how we're going to slow these people down and, of course, establishing physicality early on in the game, it could be a long Saturday. We had some success two weeks ago um, against the run. And so that that's a positive against Iowa State. We held them to about like 75 yards, I think, in the run game. But I mentioned DJ Giddens just stepped right up to fill the hole left by Deuce Vaughn. Kid has 423 yards and four touchdowns. 207 of those yards and all of his touchdowns came two weeks ago at UCF. He had an additional eight catches for 86 yards. Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week, averaging 6.4 yards per carry. He's a threat in the passing and running game. How do we contain him? Yeah, and it's not really just him. Like, I understand he definitely, he stepped up and he probably took RB1 moving forward. But they also have another guy behind him, and it was kind of like this RB battle. Uh, so if he needs to rotate out, if he goes down with an injury, you know, God forbid that, but... The other guy is he's great too, but um, yeah, being able to you know to contain a running back like that who's so dynamic in both the run and the pass game, uh, I think it's uh, probably tempting to you know you've seen like quarterback spies, right? Linebackers can kind of spy the the quarterback. You can do the same thing with the running back, so our linebackers are going to have to obviously play at a very high level uh, if they're not able to and maybe bring up Kendall Daniels and he's able to kind of fill that role. The the danger or the risk with that is kind of twofold in this particular instance, because one, your corners need to be very comfortable with being on an Island by themselves. Uh, I don't know how comfortable they are after what we saw at Iowa state, because again, like a couple of those big plays that we gave up, it only takes like one or two times and that could be the game. Um, but additionally, you got Will Howard, who is kind of a sneaky dual threat quarterback because yep. he was hurt and you wouldn't expect him to run. And then he goes in, scores a couple, you know, or he he has has some great rushing yards against uh, UCF. And they were pretty much counting on him to just hand the ball off to the stud running back who still ended up getting a ton of yards. But yeah, Will Howard's the ball. Sneak out. Yeah, Will Howard's, he's, he's a. <clears throat> Dual threat quarterback, you have to be able to account for him too. Uh, so we do have our work cut out for us in that regard. Definitely got our work cut out for us. The most important thing is just coming out of this bye week, let's continue to be disciplined. Uh, disciplined in run gaps, disciplined in, especially for the DBs, understanding when play action is coming, especially if they're planning on relying a lot on the run game, but like staying in coverage and doing a good job in man-to-man -man coverage. But if we could take the same approach that we had 
at least from a run defense with Iowa State, uh, you know, should be good. I don't think they quite have the same firepower on the outside as Iowa State did. So hopefully our DBs can really show up and uh, you know, kind, of, kind of lock down the air. But if we can just stop the run the same way that we did in Ames, Iowa, then, you know, I'm kind of trusting the DBs to be able to take care of business um, as long as they can stay, you know, disciplined in their assignments. Yeah, I was kind of looking at the the receivers there yeah, a little bit. There's some to be desired there. Like, they're pretty inconsistent, but really the guy to watch out for in the receiving is their tight end. Um, how well can we cover the tight end? How well can we? I mean, it's similar to the slot because we haven't been able to really cover the slot all that great this year. Um, but I am excited to see. I think Justin Wright will probably get a chance to come back after this bye week and That's right. be able to fit in. So I don't know how much we're going to expect him to just automatically come in and start seeing him fly around. So maybe you keep Nick Martin in that role for now and then be able to rotate Justin right in a little bit and they can, uh, you know, play off each other in that aspect. But I mean, who knows, but I'd love to be able to see them contain this running back. Uh, maybe even send them on uh, some blitz blitz is a little bit more than what we've seen and hopefully affect some timing, but We'll see what we'll just see what happens. See what Nardo has Justin, right, man. That's a good call out there, Justin. Forgot forgot that we could be adding a little more depth to the linebacker position, which will yeah. definitely help us out. Yes. Guys, before we move on to the defense, Justin, did you get in your note about Will Howard? You had a note in our notes. Will yeah. Howard. Um so far this year, uh, let me look this up. So he has 1072 yards, eight touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, but I wanted to point out it's just kind of He's had an interesting career at Kansas State, so it, I guess it just it really seems like a good fit for him and Kansas State. And the reason I say that is because you look at his career and think this is a guy that you'd expect to maybe enter into the transfer portal. He kind of got overlooked a little bit uh, earlier on in his career, played nine games in 2020, and then dropped to six in 2021, seven in 2022. And of course, he's He's been in those quarterback battles with uh, Skylar Thompson and Adrian Martinez, but you know he stuck it out, and now he is the guy here in 2023. Of course, he's been de dealing with a little bit of injuries, but I looked it up on uh, his little bio on the Kansas State website. Heading into the season, he needed 1,258 passing yards to enter into Kansas State's career top 10 list. Oh, wow. So he really only needs, at this point, 186 passing yards against OSU to crack into that top 10. Good for him. So, yeah, good for him. Like I said, it's his, it's his fourth year. It kind of seems like he's been at Kansas State for a really long time. But, you know, at the same time, he's only played, uh, what is that? I can't even add those up. 26 games maybe total. But he's cracking 10. in the top 10. Yeah. So. Yo, wait a minute. We're being way too complimentary of Kansas State's players right now. I think we did the same thing last year whenever we were talking about Deuce Vaughn and how easy of a guy he was to root for. And we're just like, man, I just really like that guy. I just, and here we are doing the same thing <laughs> with Will Howard. What is it? And I remember whenever we had the episode about, hey, which team do you think that you would want to play for or which coach would you want to play for if it wasn't Oklahoma State and Mike Gundy? And I remember you said, Justin, it'll be Kansas State because they were the most like Oklahoma State. And I can't fault you at all for that because I like Kansas State too. But my goodness, maybe we're the ones bringing the bad luck on us because we're so like too complimentary of them. You know, bump all that. Bump all that. Everybody at Kansas State can kick rocks. I hadn't Reverse considered it. I hadn't considered that. 
I'm sick of them. I'm sick of them. <laughs> but Justin, weren't they like super nice to you last year too when you were yeah. leaving the game? You're like, damn Not it. Even, it. It wasn't even that. It, I mean, of course they were nice whenever we were leaving and it it digs that much deeper yeah, whenever it's important. But at the same time, uh, leading into the stadium, we got stopped by, you know, they, they tailgate like in the big parking lot there and we got stopped by a nice guy pretty close to the stadium. And I thought it was going to be a quick little, you know, hey, how's it going? What do you think about the team? Da da da. Turned into like a 20, 25 minute conversation. By the end of it, I was like, dude, you're too nice. Let us go, please. Like, I understand <laughs> that you love Kansas State, you love Oklahoma State. Everything is just so yeah. great between these two fan bases and the two programs, and then how we are so complimentary of each other. But um, yeah, I mean, I've kind of always felt that way about Kansas State. And then they Weird. proved it whenever I was in Manhattan last year. And then, of course, like it was just a tough yeah, pill to you swallow. Know <laughs> you, you know what's funny, man? Because I guess I went 4 0 against Kansas State when I played at Oklahoma State. And I never really had a reason to dislike them just because, like, yeah, just, you know, there's this team and respect how hard they play. And we beat them all the time. And everybody likes Bill Snyder. Um, and, but I felt the same way about Iowa State until 2011. And then after that, it was just like, F Iowa State forever. You know what I mean? So if, if, I don't know, I don't know what it's going to take for us to get to that point with Kansas State or if we're going to get to that point with Kansas State. But, you know, the table's starting to turn here a little bit, man. I'm just like, <sighs> come on, man. I, I don't appreciate all this kindness. I need, I need a little more. A little hey, more. I know um, for our listeners, you're not going to know what's going on, but there's been a fly that has been buzzing around and you might be seeing this on YouTube. I just caught it. So okay, Chuck Norris. If, if anybody needs a receiver who has a COVID year, give me a shout out because I remember <laughs> you're catching flies on the fly. I love Ridiculous. it. Moving on to the defense. Sorry, Eve, we have to give them more compliments because K-State's <laughs> defense is very good. They're very good. And I honestly, I will follow other Big 12 teams, but I don't really dial in on statistics until the week that we play them just because it's a lot of numbers and I'm not a math person. And so I like to focus on our upcoming opponent one week at a time. But this defense, man, they have the third best defense in the Big 12, allowing 18.5 points per game, which also ranks 21st in the nation. Oh, by the way, they're sixth nationally in rushing defense, allowing 73 yards a game, six in tackles for a loss, 10th in sacks. Yikes. Okay. <laughs> like, yep. Nice. Again, well, I will bring it back up, Meg. Who have they really played? Who have they played? played? Who have Never going to use that. Who have they really played? But at the same time, yikes. Yeah. But when you're ranking sixth nationally, like yeah. that's still impressive. They're consistent. Yeah, I like the guy that they have, the cornerback who actually transferred from Iowa. This dude is six foot four, 202 pounds, long arms. I mean, this dude would mm -hmm. be standing up and he can touch his dang shins from standing up. So that, that that's the type of guy who he, he, he can be a problem. He can be a problem for our defense or for our offense. So uh, to your sentiment, who have they played, right? I think that there's still, you know, there's still a story here to be told, right? To say no, men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie. I think these numbers are lying a little bit because I don't think that uh, their defense is quite as good as they're being advertised. I mean, they gave up 31 points to UCF for crying out loud. But Let's see how um, our receivers 
can can well you know what it's all gonna come down to Casey Dunn. All right. Let's see how Casey Dunn can game plan, call the plays, exploit maybe the middle of the field. Because one thing that I noticed about last week is he was getting a lot more creative about uh pre-snap motions and yes. also having uh, options, right? Option routes whenever you know the ball was snapped. So hopefully after one start under his belt, Alan Bowman uh feels more comfortable and he feels like he can maybe exploit some things on his defense. Yeah, and like I said, they have been known. Kansas State's defense has been known to give up some of the big plays. Bowman, in his post-game interview against Iowa State, mentioned he believes in this team that we are explosive, and it's just a matter of time. So hopefully, being at home, Boone Pickens Stadium, blackout Friday night, now's the time. Let's get it rolling. We did have a couple explosive plays against Iowa State. You had Ollie's 70-yard run. You had mm-hmm. Jaden's 60-yard touchdown reception. So we are capable of those plays. We just have to capitalize okay. on them. My biggest concern, though, is our offensive line versus their defensive line. It is no secret our offensive line has been a weak point in recent years, including this season. And last year, we gave up three sacks. One of their defensive ends, Khaled Duke, Khalid Khalid, sorry if I butchered that. Um, He moved from linebacker to defensive end, so sort of a reverse Colin Oliver, but he has four sacks in four games. Colin Colliver, let's call him that. Colin Colliver. Yeah, I mean, hey, and and, and good for him for what he's able to do. I mean, I've been saying it all along, right? The offensive line has been the point that I'm emphasizing the most, most this season to have him under a microscope. I like that against Iowa State. We kind of shuffled them around a little bit, moved the guard out to the right tackle position, and it seemed it seems to just be working out a little bit better. So hopefully, there's a new rendition uh, that we just haven't seen and that they've been working on while they were on the bye week. But I feel a little hopeful. Yeah. And I got to say too, Meg, like you know, Casey Dunn back against the wall. You know, how are you going to game plan for this? stout defensive line whenever you know your offensive line isn't very good and i think maybe the initial tendency is maybe to like abandon the run a little bit and i i mean i just feel like we can't afford to do that like you you really do have to incorporate the run to keep the defense honest and um and we also have running back depth to our advantage i think you know you don't need to run, abandon the run completely just because you're playing into their strength, but maybe you're able to find a kink in their armor with a certain running back style that they aren't quite used to. Um, you've got the uh, Ollie Gordon, just a freak all around, but Nixon can come out of the backfield like we saw against Iowa State. He's explosive. We know that. He can receive out there. And um, Elijah Collins, like it's it's uh, you know your time to shine too as – kind of your last last hurrah so uh but successful or not uh you still have to have the option to you know use play action to your advantage freeze the defense a little bit um but obviously i think if we're if we are going to have any success obviously it starts with the run game but the quick passing game too it's going to help bowman so it'll be nice to you know get that slot receiver involved maybe across the middle like you were talking about eve yeah Uh, get the tight ends more involved um more than what we've seen just because, you know, uh, I don't know. Like this is, this is where it'd be so nice to have an identity at this point in the season and be able to rely on that and play to your strengths. But again, we're playing catch up. 
by treating the non-conference like a preseason and really the lack of urgency has hurt us. And now we're digging out of a hole and we're facing a team that seemingly has their stuff together. Yeah. At least uh, continuity. But I will say too, that's where what I mentioned last week comes in, in, in the play. Hopefully with these extra practices we have seen, or we can see just more chemistry because it's not like we called a bad offensive game last week. It was just a matter of executing and receiver being familiar with quarterback. Right. So hopefully that the plays can just be executed, that the balls aren't sailing so far over the head and that, you know, everything is being caught. Right. Like I would love to just see a game where we have at most two drop passes and hopefully none of them drop for a touchdown. And then that allows us to win again. The, you're talking about consistency, Eve. And I read on Twitter earlier today that, um, first of all, Gundy has made comments that there's, not their still work, but you know, well, he's been asked, is Bowman the starter going forward? And he says that's something we're going through at practice. And then he told Hunziker, yes, he'll be the starter on Saturday. However, I read on Twitter earlier today that Bowman's been getting about 60% of oh the, my gosh. the ones. And I'm like, if he's your guy, why are you getting only 60%? And then Bowman or Rangel and uh, Gundy are splitting the other 40. So yeah, he gets 60. They each get 20 and 20 in theory, but like, why are you not getting 80 or 90 and they're getting five or 10? Conspiracy theory. I'm telling you, Gundy wants his son to be the starter. He's wanted it all along. He just don't, doesn't want to flat out give it to him, right? He has to make it seem like he's earning it. But that is my conspiracy theory from the beginning of the season. I just haven't said it on this show, but yeah, that's what's happening right here. Here's my thing with that theory, Eve. While I don't know if I entirely disagree, Gundy, Gunnar Gundy, in my opinion, was no in no way, shape, or form ready to be the starter last season. We've talked about this. He was not the guy. We had no backup quarterback, and that's part of the reason we had our demise last season. If Gunnar had that much improvement, and to be completely honest, I didn't see anything completely awful about his play compared to the other two but we've seen the first three games. So if he wanted to name Gunner the starter last week or two weeks ago against Iowa State, I would have been like, okay. He gives us a slight advantage in the run game. So he would have, honestly, he's who I thought was going to be named the starter sooner. I don't care. Put the best person in to win. And if he has a slight edge because he's our best running quarterback, then start him. I don't care. Yeah, the fact that it's, 60% of the snaps and not 80% of the snaps that he's getting is still a hundred. Yeah. It's, it's still pretty alarming. It is alarming guys. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know what to think of that because sometimes Gundy will just throw out numbers also. Like how, how can we really stick to 60%? Like, is that truly what's happening? It'll be his analytics guys tell feed him that to him. Maybe. I don't know. But also, uh, you know, it did maybe, uh, I think this is like a trend that kind of started happening. Was it last year or the year before where guys who normally would not get those reps are starting to get the reps in practice and then it helps their development quarterback position. You saying like after Spencer Sanders went down last year, possibly. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. But with, with Spencer Sanders, it was hundred percent Spencer, <laughs> you know, that was getting those reps. So, hey, you know, make of that what you will. Yeah. Yeah. 
reason I'm going to trust the analytics and the numbers here is because the first three games he was, you get four series and on to the next. So he was very into the numbers and it was very precise. So I'm like, it would not shock me if he was sitting there counting. Okay. We're going to do five reps of this and doing all the math and the breakdowns and everything. So uh, I mean, maybe he is making it up. Maybe he's like, I don't know, 60% sounds good. And it's really more like 80. But when I saw that (laughs) earlier, I was like, why is he not getting a hundred? Yeah. Wouldn't that be something? Well, I mean, yeah, he's definitely not going to get a hundred, even after admitting uh, last week that he hasn't completely closed the door to the quarterback battle. So that's, you know, who 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 knows what's going to happen with this season, right? That's my whole thing. I'm like, yeah, we are still in for a wild ride. Mathematically, we went out. <laughs> yeah, it's like the it's NFL true. playoff prediction. It's like a team's four and ten, but mathematically, there's still a chance. Still in the hunt. Yeah. So, Ridiculous. Well, on to fun things, guys. Uniform predictions. Woo for right, Friday. I, I think, Eve, you said it two weeks ago that you don't expect to see us in all black for the blackout. I disagree. I am going with all black brand on the helmet. I'll have the logo on Justin's helmet behind you. I think we're going to be classic. All, if you have a blackout and you don't wear all black, Right. What are we I doing? I have issues with that. Yeah. What's the point? I will say for those listening, can't see. I do have the Matt Gray helmet from 2011, Ooh. and that was the game. So initially, we wore it first against A and M, but we did wear it against uh, also Baylor, but against Kansas State in 2011, and uh, that one was a nail biter, and obviously we won. Justin Blackman went off. Honestly, if they would have ran the ball. We probably would have lost that game because we we were not stopping the run at all. So like that last play of the game where they decided to throw it and it sailed. Ooh, I was so glad that they threw because even that drive we could not stop the run. If they would have ran the ball, it was oh my Eve, God. man. Uh, okay, too many compliments. All right, so that was that was fate for that year. We were not losing. I think though, it was at the end of regulation. If they had scored, they would have probably attempted a two point conversion yeah. to try to win it instead of going to overtime. Cause I think that they probably knew can't stop this. And um, I think maybe hopefully I would love to think that we would have held them there and it just would have been a lot closer and an even bigger nail biter and probably a bigger earthquake. Um, <laughs> Cause that was that earthquake game. That's right. But back to what really matters. And that's going to be the uniforms for <laughs> this game. I'm going also with all black. Cause if it's not, all black for a blackout. What are we doing? Uh, I will go with the Curse of Cowboys okay. for the logo. Although I would love to see the brand, like Meg said. Actually, a white brand would look really cool. Um, that would look amazing on a, on a black helmet. Um, but I digress. We're going to go, I think, <laughs> Curse of Cowboys. We'll see that for the first time this year for Friday Night Lights and the blackout. I love, I love the all black. Curse of Cowboys look with orange orange face mask. Not no? all black, blacked out. We've seen script cowboys. Say that again. Black we, we've seen script cowboys at uh, Arizona State. What do you mean? Didn't no, you say no. Curse of Cowboys? Yeah, but I think you mean on, on a black helmet. Right? On a black helmet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought. Sorry, I thought you meant the logo in general. I was like, we've seen that logo. Yeah, I think oh, that yeah. we go. All black, except 
for the helmet. It's wow. all black then. Right. So it's going to be orange, black, black. Wow. Okay. Still Cowboys on the, on the helmet. I think that would just uh, be an excellent thing to do when we're going, you know, just blackout. Because you got to have you got to have that little that little pop, you know, it's just like, yo, by the way, don't ever forget it. We are America's brightest orange. All right. So I don't know. I just I think that would be a clean look. I submit that to you, Justin Williams. Uh, take and do with that as you will. They have worn so the orange helmet has made its appearance against Kansas State quite a few times. And actually, Eve, uh, in 2017, they wore orange, black, black against Kansas State. Unfortunately, that one was a loss. So, with it being Bring a loss, back. I don't know that they're going to wear it. that again. Redeem it. They could they could bring it back to redeem it, similar to how they've they've done in the past. Um, but yeah, again, great look, great look back. It's a great look. You can't have a blackout and not wear all black. And if they go with what Eve said or anything other than all black, I will be in Justin Williams's office Monday morning having a word with him. <laughs> Wearing the orange hat that he gave yeah. you. Wearing all black. <laughs> <laughs> this is a blackout. No, seriously. It's like you can't have a blackout and not wear black. Yeah. We'll see. I'm expecting a different color helmet. I hope you're wrong, Eve, because. Yeah, maybe it's the white helmet with the Curse of Cowboys. Who knows? White, black, black. Classic throwback. Well, kind of throwback, I guess. Remember back in the day, it was like we had the black jerseys back in like 2009, 2010. Yep. But we didn't have different color helmets. Different color helmets, yeah. They just swapped out the the orange logo for a black logo, but we had white, black, black. Man, those were like low key, kind of clean. Hey, way hard, way hard. Would not be surprised if we saw that again. But I digress. Okay, it is time. Bixby's back. He enjoyed the bye week. He was at camp with all of his friends. Well rested, <laughs> studied up, and now. He's making his game pick. There he goes. All right. I. He went I with Bix. the Pogues. Yes, he did. Woo, 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 woo. Yes, he did. Is Vix undefeated so far this season? He is. Vix is undefeated. He Keep is. that streak up. He is. And I was very much on the fence with who I was taking this week. I want to believe in OK State. But K-State, I think, is pretty freaking good, as we've already established. However, I am 2-2. Two and two. Bixby is 4-0. and oh. I'm following Bixby's footsteps. Going with the Pokes. 27-24. Friday night victory in Stillwater. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad. I would love it. Actually, Meg, I mean, I get what you did there. Because uh, you still think that OSU can't score 30. Sad. <laughs> Um, OSU has scored again, 27 points in three out of their four games this year. <sighs> but I think, uh, Kansas state's defense is a lot better than what we faced up to this point. Yeah. And with no clear identity on offense, I don't think we hit that 27 point mark. So I'm taking Kansas state to win 31, 17. Ooh. And I hate that. Yo, you know how hard it is for me to pick against Oklahoma State? 
I every episode that we have done of this podcast, I've always picked OK State to win. I really, really believe in OK State. So I have a final score of 31-20, but we lose. Mm. I just hey, that belief, that belief is right. Hey, Bigsby, Megan, I hope y'all are right. Yeah. But man. Yeah, let's see what everybody else thinks. Drop it in the chat. Drop it in the comments. But thirty-one twenty is what I'm thinking. Can't That's stay. the thing, because I mean, I've already eaten crow earlier this year. I would love to eat it this time. <laughs> being wrong this game, like prove me wrong, please. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm not the first person to pick against Oklahoma State this season. If and when I do, I'm glad that I wasn't. First. You were the first. What? You? you didn't pick what? against them? Oh, never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Last season, I think so. Yeah, I think last season I did pick against them, okay. but uh, not sure. not this season. And then you know, I am I'm I'm just gonna trust trust Bixby on this one. So he's been right so far. I hope Bixby's right. It's <laughs> a good record. Well, guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Believe in OK State, presented by Bet Online Friday Night Kick. Don't make plans after work. And don't forget, because we don't have Friday night games often. So 6 p. 6.30 Central Time, be at Boom Pickens, be on your couch with the TV on. It's going to be great. Like, share, subscribe, follow, comment, rate, review, all the things. And, of course, go Pokes. Wear black and go Pokes. Wear black and an orange hat. Go Pokes. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.